what? I got a fever. You give me fever. Fever. In the morning. A fever all through the night. Hey folks, welcome to episode 18 of the Dynasty Fever podcast. We're going to review week 11 and its impact on Dynasty. I'm Brian. He's Scott. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It was uh, kind of a rough week, but pulled out some victories in a couple of Q leagues, so can't complain. Always important. Yep. You know, as usual for me, I'm, I'm in enough leagues where, you know, pretty much there's some good, some bad, some in between. and uh, you know, just uh, trying to enjoy all of it, you know, every every phase of the winning cycle, if you will. So what we're going to do here uh, before we get started on uh, each individual game, uh, we're going to pick a story that kind of stands out to us uh, about this week. Uh, and for me, it's the return of some key running backs, uh, mm-hmm. CMC in the last couple of weeks, Chubb, CEH. Miles Sanders, Gibson seems to be bouncing back from his injury. Um, these are all really good pieces uh, for down the stretch, and their trade value is probably coming back up if you uh, have them and you're maybe not in a position to win, depending on you know how far away you are in your rebuild. You know, obviously a guy like Gibson, maybe you want to keep, uh, but you know it it might be worth checking out uh, to see uh, if people are interested in some of these pieces. And obviously if, if you're a contender, the price might've gone up on a, on a few of these folks, but I think they're, they're, they're guys worth uh, checking in on considering uh, the injuries and stuff at, uh, at running back and uh, you know, guys that can help you down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's hard to win, you know, like without a dominant running back. So yeah, I mean, you might have to pay quite a bit for, uh, you know, like a CMC or, or a Chubb. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's probably worth it. I mean, if you want to contend and that you're weak at running back, it's definitely worth at least to ask. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if I'm two years away from contending and I've got CMC, I'm, I'm starting to think about what can I get for him. Yeah, even in, like, our prestige league with CMC, I mean, I can't trade them now. Uh, but he's someone I'm probably going to look to move in the offseason if I can. Yeah. So what's the story that you want to talk about? I'm going to go with the Denver. Um, they, so, you know, they signed, they extended uh, Tim Patrick and Sutton. So, it, it, I mean, if you just, if you leave out Hamler in this, that's five really, you know, five good to great receiving threats for them. Um, if you, if you want to throw in Hamler into that, that's six, obviously. So that's a team that right, at least right now with this coaching staff also likes to run the ball. So, you know, if I'm like an owner of Judy or Sutton or Patrick, I might be trying to to put out some feelers for, uh, for some trades very soon, because I'm not sure I really want a piece of that receiving core next year with all those miles to feed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen a, a few people discuss the uh, decreased dynasty value of, of all three of them, um, uh, particularly Sutton uh, in this uh, scenario, uh, now that they're all all in tow. Yeah, like I sold Fant. Um, I had Schultz and, and another tight end that I liked. So I sold Fant for a first and second round pick, which might have been a little bit low, but um, I could win without him. So I just took the picks. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move forward and go through the games uh, here. We'll spend a little bit of time on each one. Uh, Thursday night game, New England shuts out Atlanta 25-0. To me here, the big thing to take a look at is the uh, Patriots running backs. Uh, Both Stevenson and Harris uh, get their fair share of carries. You know, I really love uh, Ramondre Stevenson, as everybody knows, but I think as long as Harris is there, as long as both are healthy, it's going to be some form of uh, committee and probably uh, depressing the value of, uh, of particularly Harris at this point. 
Yeah, I, I have Harris in the league, and I'm kind of leaning on him a little bit, and it is concerning. I, I'll point out that it was a Thursday game. Harris just came back from injury. So it might be, you know, wise to kind of just take a deep breath, um, see what happens this upcoming week. Okay. Uh, on the Atlanta side of the ball, uh, saw a few folks talking about Matt Ryan. Now, maybe sometimes I'm too forgiving of, of folks, but – you know, you figure uh, no running game, uh, a bad O-line, uh, Patterson, Ridley gone, Julio gone even before that. Uh, I think there's only so much, you know, a QB can do. On the yeah. other hand, people are saying he looked pretty bad and he's washed already. Where do you stand on Ryan? I think, like, if he was on a really good team, he'd, he'd probably still be able to produce for you. I just don't think – that he's really ever been in a situation where he's going to produce at a extremely high rate in a bad situation, especially if they're getting pressure on him. So, I mean, I think he's still going to have his good gains. I just don't think it's going to be very consistent. So yeah, if you can, if your trade deadline hasn't passed and, and uh, you need like a little bit of an upgrade at your quarterback too, or something, I, I'd maybe look to package him and try to ship him off. Yep. Uh, interesting stat I saw today. Uh, Kyle Pitts has seen uh, double or help coverage on 20% of his routes uh, on the year. New England uh, did double or help coverage on 31% of his routes that night. Yeah, I mean, any defense going in there is going to – that's who you shut down, obviously. It's just they don't really have any other threat until um, Ridley returns. So, definitely, like – that, I was kind of saying that before, like, just because Kevin Rindler has gone doesn't mean, like, that's a good thing for pitch. I mean, I think that's just what we're seeing right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Sunday games, unfortunately, uh, your Bills uh, take a 41 to 15 drubbing. Yeah. And the story here is obviously Jonathan Taylor. I think uh, there's a few stubborn holdouts like me who still have CMC as Dynasty RB1. But uh, what can you really say uh, about him? I mean, it's just a jaw-dropping performance and, uh, you know, continues to produce at great levels. You know, I worry that maybe we're seeing the ceiling and people are expecting things to go up. Uh, but, you know, that's really the only thing I can say uh, as a word of caution with JT. Yeah, like I'm watching him. I mean, he really just doesn't have much of any weaknesses at all. He can pretty much do everything. Um He's got a great offensive line in front of him. So the thing of it is he's scoring a crazy amount of touchdowns right now. So that's probably going down. Whereas like CMC doesn't necessarily need the score to be a top five running back week to week. Very true. So yeah. that'd be the only thing I say, but I mean, for his age and lack of, you know, he really doesn't have any injury history. Um, I, I would, I understand why people would take him over CMC, but I do think like he's not scoring this rate of touchdown that he's been on these past few games isn't going to hold. So. Okay. Uh, we're not worried about uh, Pittman at, off of a two catch game. No, because like in this, I mean, they did not have to pass at all. There was crazy winds um, blowing sideline to sideline. So I just think the, I'm not taking much of anything out of their uh, receiving game. Agreed. Yeah, uh, definitely not the game to, to judge it on. Let's go to uh, the Buffalo side of the ball. Uh, you're the Buffalo expert. What do you want to talk about here? I'll just throw out there, if Breda happens to be on your waiver wire still in Dynasty, I would definitely pick him up. He was uh, he was the most effective back. So, um, so one of the things with the Buffalo offense is if Spencer Brown – is not playing. I think we have yet to win a game when Cody Ford has to start instead of Brown. So that's something to monitor going forward as far as like whether you're going to play like a Gabriel Davis or a Sanders. Um, I think Knox and Diggs are pretty much safe regardless. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's something to keep your eye on. All right. Uh, and Knox uh, looks like he's fully back, leads the team in. Uh targets and receptions yeah and I've, I've loved his athletic profile and always seems to be putting it together so I, I think he's realistically a, he could be a top five tight end option moving forward okay 
Uh, Baltimore 16, Chicago 13. Not too much to talk about really on the Baltimore side. Uh, they got it done in, in perhaps uh, not too flashy a fashion. Uh, yeah. Andrews eats uh, as a good safety net for uh, backup QB. Devonta Freeman continues to be a thing uh, in recent weeks. Uh, let's move to uh, Chicago side of the ball. Um, Fields uh, is out with uh, or left the game with uh, a rib injury. Haven't yeah. seen too much uh, other information on it. I would expect him to be out on Thanksgiving. So it's going to be the Andy Dalton show. Yeah. I, uh, Nagy said it looked like bruised ribs. So hopefully he'll be back to the following week. Uh, so let's talk about Darnell Mooney. Uh, he's a guy that uh, you and I both like. I, I'd really love to see uh, this game for him. 5-121 and a touchdown. 16 targets for 48.4% target share. Really solidifying the wide receiver one spot. I love him moving forward in Dynasty. Yeah, 16 targets. Um, yeah, his separation skills, route running, and the way he can, you know, he can break the big play at any moment. So uh, he was a guy I was trying to buy low on when Fields first took over, but people weren't giving him up too easily. So um, I do have him a couple leagues. I'm definitely holding him and see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, so only five catches on 16 targets. I think that's like a 31% uh, catch percentage. Is that anything to take note of, be upset about, or, you know, think sideways for? I'm not worried about it too much. He's, he's their only real receiving threat right this second. And, um, you know, he hasn't had good quarterback play. So it's something to keep an eye on. But, I mean, we've seen Deontay Johnson have a really bad – year last year with drops and that seems to have been corrected so it doesn't drop his value to me okay uh cleveland 13 detroit 10 uh my guy swift another day where he rushes for 100 plus yards and doesn't do much in the receiving game uh which has been uncharacteristic for him in uh previous weeks uh you know that's about the only highlight to really talk about on the detroit side yeah, Swift is um, – he's really come on. If you have, like, Jonathan Taylor and him, one, two, hard to argue right now with uh, CMC's injuries and stuff. So, uh, If your quarterbacks are injured or on a bye, um, say you have one in your quarterback spot and your only other quarterback to put in your super flex spot is Tim Boyle, are you even bothering to do it or, you know, picking <laughs> another player? Yeah, no, I think I'd just roll with a wide receiver and PPR, maybe even a tight end and tight end premium. Okay. Uh, and it seems like uh, he's going to be starting again on Thanksgiving from what I heard uh, yesterday. So we'll see yeah. about that. Uh, and you think uh, Amon Ross St. Brown uh, might be a good sell? Yeah, I, I like Amon Ross St. Brown. I just don't think he's going to translate to a ton of fantasy points. So. I think this is about as good of a situation as you're going to find him in as far as receiving threats around him. So, yeah, if you can sell him, I, I would try, like a late second or something. Okay. That's plausible. Uh, yucky day for Baker, and now he's uh, taking jabs at the booing fans. Um, you know, he's always been, for me, uh, you know, Second QB, QB2 type of QB you would put in the super flex spot uh, from time to time. Uh, you know, I see people use stats to show that he actually is doing pretty well. And I see people use stats to show that he's doing pretty poorly. Where do you stand on Baker these days? Yeah, I'm out on him. I, uh, I think like every year there has to be a case made where they, you know what I mean? Like they got to set up this perfect argument. <laughs> I know Baker Mayfield's actually doing well. He's just, I don't know. He doesn't have great threats around him as far as fantasy goes. He's, I think he's pretty inaccurate. And, uh, and they like to run the ball nonstop and they have two great running backs. So mm -hmm. yeah, I like, I've talked about it, but I, I've, I sold him in a super flex league for Mac Jones and, and Christian Kirk. And I was fine with it. I, right I still haven't regretted it either. So yeah, that's a good return. Uh, Nick Chubb got a little bit more work than I expected, considering uh, how fresh he was off the COVID list. Uh, 22 carries for 130 yards. 
Yeah, I, I love Nick Chubb. I bought him in a couple places this year. Um, I just feel like he's like just slightly undervalued. So worth a check if you're a contender right now. Absolutely. Uh, okay, Houston 22, Tennessee 13. Weird game uh, for sure. Uh, in, a, in a Houston win, um, Brandon Cooks only sees three targets and two catches. Uh, the Houston backfield, I believe, combined for 32 carries and 55 yards. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you could do worse in your super flex than Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, you, you sure could. So I think he's definitely useful uh, going in the playoffs. If you're not contending at all, I would I would definitely look to trade him to somebody who is and may have like an injury. Okay, let's go to the Tennessee side of the ball. Um, some people are saying, well, you know, it's uh, it's one game. Other folks are saying, well, they were kind of overachieving, and um, this is kind of what we really should expect from uh, Tennessee, despite their their few uh, impressive wins. I think you and I are both uh, worried about uh, what the offense overall, particularly Tannehill, will look like without Derrick Henry. Yeah, absolutely. In the beginning of the year, he was getting sacked nonstop. Now we lost Henry. That does, I mean, it just does a ton um, to the middle of a field uh, as far as throwing windows go and stuff like that. So I'm definitely concerned with Tannehill. Not the time to sell him, though. So um, True, yeah. Hopefully, you know, A.J. Brown is, is, is okay. And, and um, I know he was a little bit banged up yesterday, but um, you know, Tannehill can run, so he does have that upside to him too. So, but I mean, there's really not you can do with them quite yet. So you're kind of, I don't think I'd buy him right now. So mm -hmm. just a hold. Yep. It's uh, it's quite a, quite a scene there. So, uh, you know, last week it was Marcus Johnson this week. It was Nick Westbrook Akine again uh, with the big game. Uh, A.J. Brown still saw a healthy nine targets, even if it was only five catches for 48 yards. I think uh, I think there's a buy window with A.J. Brown. I still have him uh, as a as a top um, top dynasty uh, wide receiver. Uh, I would definitely be looking to see if there's a, a buy low opportunity if somebody's worried about him in your league. Yeah, absolutely worth the check. I don't. I wouldn't pay full price, but if you get a slight discount, I would jump on it. Okay. Uh, worth noting for me, at least, uh, that Des Fitzpatrick saw six targets, including three catches and a touchdown. Uh, he was a guy that before they signed Julio, I thought could step into uh, a wide receiver role. Pretty good size, pretty good speed. Uh, wasn't the most elite of prospects, but, you know, I thought could be useful in a team like Tennessee. I don't know that this is a harbinger of things to come, given the erratic nature of an unpredictable nature of the offense. Uh, mm -hmm. But if uh, if you've got Des Fitzpatrick stashed on your taxi squads, uh, certainly a, a reason to be uh, to be. Uh, um, I don't want to say overjoyed, but uh, <laughs> reason right. to be reason to be uh, enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the, he's got a great opportunity right now going on around him. So, yeah, for sure. Hold them. Right, maybe even throw out some feelers on buying them. OK. And uh, what do you make of the sort of three headed uh, Tennessee tight end situation? I think um, I want Pruitt out of the tight end. So I'm if he's I just picked him up on waivers this week on, in a few places. So you might you know, he's probably still there because he didn't play this week. Um, so, you know, buy for real cheap or, or see if he's still on the waivers. Okay. Uh, Minnesota 34, Green Bay 31. Minnesota finally wins a close game. Um, big day for MVS. Uh, you know, Rodgers with the hurt toe, 385 and, and four, four touchdowns. Uh, something to be concerned about with the toe? I would definitely keep my eye on it. He said it was super painful after the game. He had to leave in the second half, like before the team went to the huddle to get a treatment. I mean, he played lights out. So there's, you know, that's a good sign, obviously. But definitely, you know, watch practice reports and all that. Okay. Uh, looking ahead, uh, 
safe to say this is Rogers last year in Green Bay? I would say so. And I think it's probably Adams. Um, I believe they stopped negotiating with Adams as well. Mm. So could be a completely new situation in Green Bay next year. So uh, Rogers to Denver or Rogers retires? I love it if Rogers went to, to Denver. I don't think he's going to quit next year. I think he'll still play. Okay. Uh, let's see here. On the Minnesota side of the ball, uh, another good game for Kirk Cousins, who continues to be underrated. Uh, two big weeks in a row for Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he's he's been a monster. Uh, he's probably not attainable right now and definitely – Hard to make an argument against him being the dynasty wide receiver one. I mean, I think you can interchange that with a few people, but yeah, I mean, he's another guy. He's got speed. He's got the sides. He's got great separate. I mean, the guy's like wide open <laughs> on every catch almost. So, um, yeah, you're uh, you're definitely loving it if you're a Jefferson owner. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thielen, ten targets, eight catches, and a touchdown. You know, he's a guy I've been trying to move on a few non-contending teams. Surprised at uh, how little interest and how low a price people are paying right now. But, you know, who knows as the deadlines move closer that uh, there might be more pressure to uh, to acquire him. Yeah, it feels like one of those guys, if I have any shot in the next year or two of contending, I'm probably just riding out his career till the wheels fall off with him because he's just – you know, I don't think anybody's actually going to pay his, his actual value, you know. Mm-hmm. And Miami 24 and the Jets 17. Uh, another good day for Waddle, including uh, a rushing touchdown. Yeah, I, I really like Waddle. I, I kind of view him as like a Devontae White. But, I mean, there's people that there's people that want – Waddle over Devonta. So I'm curious on what you think about that. Would you rather Devonta or Waddle right now? So right now I have Waddle uh, ahead of Devonta Smith by a few spots uh, in their ranks, like two or three, maybe mm-hmm. in the wide receiver rankings. Uh, and I think as Jalen Hurts continues to seem like uh, a more competent passer and, you know, they'll trust him with more volume and I feel more secure about his job. Uh, I might uh, I might switch those and, and Devonta might move up uh, a couple ranks, uh, a couple of spots in the ranks and, and overtake Waddle. But for right now, uh, by a thin margin, uh, I prefer Waddle. Yeah, because I think like I, I I like Devonta better as a player, but I like Waddle's situation better right now. So mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a, a tie for me. So I was just curious. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people go back and forth uh, on uh, on who they prefer uh, on uh, on Twitter and stuff like that. Definitely arguments being made on, on both sides. So um, let's see. Michael Carter, uh, eh, an OK game, sprains his ankle. Uh, looks like he's going to be out uh, a few weeks with uh, with the ankle sprain. Um, is it Ty Johnson season? Yeah, I kind of I like Ty Johnson. I have him in two leagues as a depth piece. He's he's already seen quite a lot of receiving work, and with Carter out, I think uh, he gets a he gets a really good opportunity because they got like you know Coleman there, and he's always pretty much underperformed. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely see he might be on a waiver. Not really. Sure. Um, I did try to like put him on a trading block in one league and nobody wanted him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he's probably pretty cheap to buy if you want him, but okay. I think he'll be useful. All right. Uh, and a guy that you and I both like, Elijah Moore. Uh, big day, eight catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Sees 11 targets for 31.4% target share. I believe he played 85% of the snaps. So he's, you know, a full time receiver in this game. I think it was a huge to see this type of game with Corey Davis in the lineup, because for me, the reason that I was kind of, you know, um, I mean, I like him as a player, but the reason I was kind of like cautious about his production was that his two big games came without Davis. Uh, but, you know, certainly a, a, a good day uh, on Sunday with Davis still in the lineup mm-hmm. uh, and he sees, uh, sees more targets and uh, produces well. 
Yeah, I, I love this kid. And it, the awesome part is as well as like he's he's doing a lot of this on the outside and people had him down as like a pretty much slot only receiver. And uh, he's really come on and, and tearing up defenses. He was making contested catches. He was running away from people, making people miss. He was running some really nice routes. Um, yeah, I don't even I saw something on Facebook where somebody asked if, if they should trade him for a first round pick in a one quarterback league. And I, I said, absolutely not. I think it would take more than just a first rounder for me right now. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans, uh, I'm sorry, Philadelphia 40, New Orleans 29, um, you know, two solid weeks in a row for Ingram filling in for Kamara mm-hmm. might be a good depth piece for a contender worth looking into. Uh, what else do you want to talk about on this side of the ball? Yeah, I like Simeon. I hate to admit it because I had – I really wanted Hill to start. But he, he's been super useful in super flex leagues. And uh, I guess if I had to pick a receiver out of all these guys, I'd want Traquan Smith right now. Okay. He's just getting 15 targets the last two games. He's got really good size, and uh, he, he's pretty fast. So things I like in a wide receiver. All right, and I guess I'll take a mini victory lap on – on Troutman, uh, he's a guy that uh, I touted on the uh, Fantasy and Frames uh, pregame show on Sunday and tweeted about uh, that he uh, might have a good week with uh, Kamara out and uh, his increased usage. Five for 58 uh, and a touchdown, eight targets, 22.2% target share. Uh, I still ha- I don't think he's the most athletic guy, but I still have uh, uh, some faith that he can turn into something productive. Yeah, he's he surprised me actually uh, with his production this week. So, yeah, if uh, he's not a guy that's really on my radar, but uh, so I, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't buy into him myself. But he, I mean, he's been producing when when given the chance. So, and on the Philly side of the ball, uh, you know, pretty low volume day and low yardage day for Hertz. No passing TDs but 18 rushes for 69 yards and three touchdowns looked really good doing it. Yeah. I think he's looking better and better. Even on the one rushing rushing touchdown, he actually took off a little too late because he was looking to throw. So he, I don't think he's ever going to be like a prolific passer by any means, but uh, I do think he's been looking like I've been saying like more comfortable each week and looking to throw more. So good to see. Okay. Uh, good to see Miles Sanders get some usage, considering um, that he was uh, kind of forgotten about earlier uh, in the year. Uh, 16 carries for 94 yards. Yeah, I love to see it. And then we got Howard that that's banged up and probably not playing week 12. So definitely fire him up. As he's usually like my running back, too, if I have him on the team. So, um, yeah, fire him up. I just saw actually too that Howard might be out uh, uh, several weeks, so uh, could be uh, could be very good news for Sanders. Yeah, that'd be a nice stretch. I, I think I seen the same report you're you're talking about. I think they were talking maybe the like week fifteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be real instrumental in getting you into the playoffs. Okay, Washington twenty seven, Carolina twenty one. Uh, Heineke is a guy that you and I were losing uh, some mm-hmm. faith in. It looks pretty good. Throws three touchdown passes. Yeah, he's been playing well the last few weeks. So, yeah, I, I want to apologize to uh, Heineke. And I take back what I said about you at the time <laughs> when, you, uh, when you took a dive before you went in the end zone. <laughs> yeah, I still think uh, Washington looks for a quarterback. But, uh, you know, he, he has been uh, has been pretty useful this year. He has. And, like, if you're in a super flex and you got the, the bench spot, he's a guy I would hold on to. Um, just because of, yeah, they're probably going to get a quarterback, but he's going to be a really good backup. And if he goes like maybe he leaves Washington or whatever, he goes to a team and that quarterback struggling real bad. He's a guy that they're going to want to put in there. Kind of like, kind of like Fitzpatrick, oddly enough. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 19 carries, 95 yards, two good weeks in a row. Looks to be healing from the injury mm-hmm. uh, could be clutch uh, the rest of the season down the stretch for your fantasy team. Yeah, yeah. Considering that they played Carolina, he had a really good game here, and he's going to see better matchups. So, love to see the 95 yards. 
Uh, I love to see McLaurin doing well. I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, five catches, 103 yards and a touchdown, 35% target share. I was a little worried uh, going into the week. I thought maybe he would draw um, Stefan Gilmore and that might be trouble. Uh, and, you know, you know, Heineke has kind of been a little up and down. So I was like, eh, you know, McLaurin, I'll be careful with uh, this week. But, uh, you know, he came through. Yeah, he's like one of those guys. I mean, even when he's not open, he's open. So hopefully they just keep feeding him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the Carolina side of the ball, uh, you know, not too bad a, a, a game for Cam. Uh, 21 to 27 passing, under 200 yards, but does throw for two and run for one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably a little better than some people expected. Yeah, he scored um scored over 20 points in Superflex. So so yeah, I mean I think the the passing is gonna improve the more he's you know worked into the offense and stuff like that. So um I think he he's gonna progress as we go. So I think the arrow signs are are going up for the for this whole offense. Okay. Uh CMC, you know, continues to be both a, a rushing and uh, receiving asset um, and you think he could probably be scoring more TDs coming up I think so because I mean he doesn't have a, he only has a few touchdowns so far so uh, if he if he hits a positive touchdown regression going down the stretch I mean he could win he'll win some leagues because he's already scoring very well when he's on the field okay uh, I love to see a, a good week for DJ Moore he's a player I have a lot of faith in uh, he deserves better quarterback play than he's had in recent weeks. Seven targets for almost 26% of uh, the target share. Five catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, he's worth a price check, in my opinion. He's had a couple of down games after getting hot. So if he's on a contender team and they might be sweating a little bit about it, I'd, I'd throw out an offer or just you know message him and ask him what they're kind of looking for. Okay, and uh, you think uh, Robbie Anderson might be arrow up? Yeah, he's had two of his best games of the year, um, unfortunately, because, I mean, he's great, but with camp, so I think his stock's going up. Okay. Uh, Moving forward, uh, San Francisco soundly defeats the lowly Jaguars 30-10. to A useful day for uh, Jimmy G. I I think I saw – he and Joe Montana are the only San Francisco quarterbacks to have, uh, I think it's a, a above 70% pass completion rate and multiple touchdowns in consecutive weeks or something like that. So, you know, he's not Joe Montana, but certainly a, a useful game for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Debo getting it done mainly from the uh, rushing side of things. Yeah, Debo's becoming one of my favorite players in the league. He's just, he can do it all, so... I wonder if he keeps this rushing up. The the sleeper Adam is a running back, like a Cord- Cordell Patterson or something. Hmm. That would be uh, that'd be wild. Uh, with Elijah Williams out, Wilson does see the volume we expected. Uh, only fifty yards, but you know, I think if uh, if Mitchell misses another week, he's certainly somebody you want to look at. Yeah, I like Wilson. Um, a lot more than I like Sermon. I'm I'm completely out on Sermon. So I think uh, I mean Sermon averaged three point two yards per carry. So I'm and they're giving Debo more rushing work. So yeah, I'm out on Sermon grip and um in on on uh, Wilson. Okay, and uh, for me uh, as a guy who held on to Ayuk despite uh you know uh, things being bleak and. Uh, People giving me low ball offers. It was good to see him go for uh, 785 and a touchdown, including almost 37% target share. Yeah, I think he's he's back to where he left off and getting better. So um, I'm back in on, on that. All right. On the Jack side of the ball, not too much to talk about, but uh, let's sort out these receivers. What's happening now with this Agnew injury? Yeah, Agnew's gone for the year. So it – it's probably a solid time to either buy or sell um, LaVisca, Chenault, whatever you want to do with him. I believe in Chenault's ability. I just think he's playing out of position, and I don't think he's the type of guy that can. I think he needs to be in that slot role. So we'll see how they use him with Agnew out. But 
And then you got Dan Arnold, who had zero targets and zero catches. So might be a good time to buy low on both of them if you're a believer. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati 32, uh, Vegas 13. Uh, Joe Mixon uh, had a lot of haters going into this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, He uh, is certainly quieting those haters. I believe um, something like three top five running back performances out of his last four games or something like that. Uh, And uh, certainly uh, being productive. Yeah, he had a great ADP over the summer, in my opinion. And I had him on a on a few startups, and one of them with um, we play like the two matches, like one against your opponent, one against the median, and my team's 17 and four. So uh, he's been vital to that. And uh, this team is, they want to establish a run early, and, and they're leaning on him. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about T. Higgins. So I've seen some folks worry about uh, T. Higgins Yeah. in recent weeks. I did see, um, I believe it's Jacob Sanderson is his name, uh, tweeted some stats where, uh, you know, uh, Higgins was pretty comparable to Michael Pittman as far as air yards and target share and, you know, um, certain, you know, next level stats uh, Mm -hmm. like that. And that, you know, hopefully some positive regression will come. Uh, Where are your thoughts on Higgins recently? Yeah, my I guess it's it's not just Higgins, but it's just they have three really good wide receivers right now, and they they want to establish the run, and they're thrown to their backs usually. So I think it's going to be a little bit inconsistent, but um, I'm not worried about it as players. So. Okay. And uh, Josh Jacobs, five catches, uh, 28% target share. I remember a year or two ago, I think it was a coach saying, yeah, you know, he's going to catch 50 passes or we want to get him 50 receptions or something like that. And people yeah. were like, we're kind of laughing, like, you know, let's see it. And uh, pretty good game receiving. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do, he didn't do like awesome with it as far as fantasy production, but I, yeah. I like to see him getting involved in the passing game because, if they, you know, if his, if his usual usage increases and start getting involved in the passing game, giving him, you know, six targets a game. I think he could, I think he could sneak into the running back one there. Okay. Which is probably about when I'd sell. <laughs> to be yeah. Honest. Yeah. Good point. Uh, in a interesting game, uh, Kansas city nine, uh, 19 Dallas nine, uh, things <laughs> seemed a little off for, uh, the Dallas offense, and they looks like they'll be down Lamb and Cooper heading into Thanksgiving. Let's sort a few things out. First off, uh, Pollard had about eight yards per touch. It seems to me he should be seeing more touches. I agree with you. I, I know, like, Zeke's the wear you out kind of guy, but Pollard, uh, I really like Pollard. And I, I said on the last show to try time to buy him now, and I'm going to continue with that. But um, I'm not, like, worried about Zeke. They had a lot of injuries up front. So, I'm not really – it's hard to take a lot out of this game other than if the, if the, if the injuries continue and these offensive linemen don't come back and start, I'd be a little bit concerned about Dak and uh, their running backs moving forward. Yeah, you know, I saw um, uh, somebody post on Twitter that uh, Zeke has 3.6 yards per attempt in his last five games. Not all of those were games where they had injuries up front. Uh, is he just uh, wear and tear of the season? Do you think he's playing hurt or not to con- not concerned? I mean, it could be. He's still physical. I just – I don't think he's got, like, that really big playability um, at this point. I just think he's a grinder who's going to get a lot of goal line touches. So, I mean, he's still going to be fantasy relevant. Um but yeah, like I'm jumping on the, I'm trying to jump on the poetry now because I don't think Zeke's going to hold up for much longer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Dalton Schultz. He's a guy who we were worried uh, about a little bit with, uh, with Gallup entering the scene, but without Cooper and Lamb, uh, you know, six catches for 53 yards, uh, 19% target share. Looks like no Cooper and Lamb for Thanksgiving. Let's roll Schultz out for another week. Right, yeah, it is good to see him bounce back, but I do understand there's a lot of 
receiving options down. It might be a good time to sell him, to be honest. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's see. Gallup's going to maybe assume the wide receiver one role. Uh, is there any other wide receiver you're interested in on Dallas moving forward with uh, Cooper and Lamb out on Thanksgiving? I'm a little interested in Wilson, Cedric Wilson. I, I like him. I know he's not going to be anything great for fantasy, but he can make some guys miss. He's got some good speed. And he had seven targets in this game. So if, if he's still on waivers or something like that, I, I'd scoop him up just to see. Okay. And on the Chiefs side of the ball, uh, the return of CEH, um, he got a bigger share of opportunities than I expected in his first week back. Would still like to see him uh, get targeted in the passing game more, just like they were targeting Daryl friggin' Williams. Uh, <laughs> but I do still think he's underrated, and I think he'll be helpful for folks down the stretch. Yeah, I think CH is solid back. I just think he's like a running back two, and a lot of people wanted him or expected him to be a high-end running back one. But um, definitely, I think he's a really good running back two. Okay. Uh, Arizona 23, Seattle 13. Uh, the Cardinals are 2-1 and one without Kyler Murray. Uh, Colt McCoy, another pretty good game here, 328 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Conner continues his torrid touchdown pace. Uh, say you're a contender and looking to buy, what would you be willing to pay? And I think they're going to want at least like a mid-second right now due to the scarcity of, of useful running backs. I'd be concerned to buy him just because of his injury history and the way that they're um, the way that they're using him. So that'd be my only concern. But yeah, I would say he's due to him being a running back and, and the production he's been putting out, I'd say mid-second. Okay, sounds about right. I sold him recently for Albert O and a 23 second. What do you think of that? Sold him for Albert. I like that. Yeah. 23 plus Albert O. Yeah. I, Cause there's no way like Denver can keep all those guys for, I don't see how they can keep fan Judy. They got Patrick extended already. Something extended. So, I mean, some, something's got to give there. So 23 class is supposed to be deep. Um, so I think that's – I would probably take that for Connor right now by itself. So, yeah, you know, we're okay. growing. So. All right. I'm glad you approved. Rondell Moore, 11 catches yeah. uh, on 11 targets. I believe if uh, if I saw the, the stat right, Mike Clay posted that he actually got negative 11 air yards on those catches. Yeah, I mean, he like right now he's just uh, – he's a rack guy. I don't think he's a very good route runner, but you get him the ball and he can make some plays. So I think he's worth a price check. I do think he's going to, I think he's going to be solid for fantasy. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about Seattle. Uh, You and I seem to both be concerned about what's going on on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Wilson's looked terrible. So uh, I think, you know, that offense is going to go as Wilson goes. So, DK, I, I'm yeah, I'm concerned about DK too. He's not like a bad route runner, but he, he's just not the world's best route runner, and he's not getting open. And uh, they're not. I don't think they're throwing enough either. So I, I'm concerned at the price that he costs. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the offense overall is something to be concerned about. I think it might not just be the finger uh, with Wilson. Um, and I'm not saying it's specifically something wrong with Wilson so much as it's something wrong with the offense in general. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, I think specifically worried about, about Metcalf here, considering, um, you know, where you drafted him, what you might've traded for him, what you're expecting to get in a trade, you know, um, he's not living up to that uh, and could be an interesting buy for some teams. Yeah, I'm always in on, on rolling the dice on athleticism, so he's definitely worth a check. But yeah, I think it's their offensive line because like their their running backs aren't doing much either. So mm-hmm. nobody's really doing well. 
All right. And finally, on Sunday night, the Chargers pull out a 41 to 37 victory mm-hmm. over the Steelers. Uh, you know, Najee was kind of game scripted out of his usual volume. Uh, but uh, good days for Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Yeah, great to see uh, Deontay looked like a beast out there. He was catching some some. He's making some awesome catches. He was running some great routes, burning guys. So definitely a good thing for him. And then Claypool kind of like, you know, just roll the – like I like to roll the dice on athleticism, so I have a Claypool. So, um, you know, it was good to see him. He was given a lot of good opportunities in that game to come down with the ball in the end zone. They were throwing it deep to him. So let, love to see that. So – where do we stand on them long-term considering Ben is the quarterback now with a noodle arm and who knows who's the quarterback uh, coming up after that? Yeah. I mean, I don't, th- I think Ben is better than Mason with his head, but um, you know, I don't think like, let's say Jimmy G goes there, you know, like that would be an upgrade. So um, Steelers are a good organization. So it, it, it's not like it's Detroit right now, you know. So I, I do trust the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I trust that, you know, they're going to they're gonna put somebody in who, who can win them some games and get the ball out to their receivers. Okay. Let's go to this uh, Los Angeles side of the ball. Uh, you know, pretty good game for uh, several players. Uh, Eckler, my man, two, mm. uh, two touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns in the air. Uh, he's my dynasty RB five right now. Uh, um, you know, I got him on a bunch of teams redraft and dynasty. I, yeah. I love that. I've prioritized him. Uh, uh, however, Mike Williams, just when I started benching him comes back with a five ninety seven and a touchdown. Yeah. I can't even take credit for playing Williams because I literally had no, nothing else in the league where I played him in, but, uh, Good bounce back. I don't know why they don't give him more chances downfield. He seems to always make some really good plays. So, hoping that he gets some more targets. Okay. Uh, and let's see. Time for our patented fever and chill segment. Players that are giving us the fever and players that are giving us the chills. Why don't you go first? Sure. I'm going to go with uh, Tua. So, I, I just think now's the time to buy him. I think his situation is going to improve, whether it's in Miami or somewhere else. He's literally got like two seconds to throw, and uh, he's play- he's playing extremely well. There's only I believe one or two times since he started and finished the game that he's he hasn't thrown for two touchdowns or more. Uh, if he stays in Miami, he's got some nice receiving threats. So I, I don't think that he's valued quite correctly right now in dynasty. So I'm putting out offers if I don't have them in super flex and trying to get them on my team because uh, considering the amount of pressure he's under, I think he's playing fantastic. I would agree. I've definitely been somebody who said Tua gets too much hate. Uh, and uh, I do agree that, uh, you know, now might be a good time to buy while he's undervalued uh, for my fevers. I'm going to go with uh, two guys, uh, Elijah Moore and Joe Mixon. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Moore, uh, somebody I really liked uh, coming uh, into the draft. Um, I was a little concerned about his landing spot with the Jets and that I didn't have much faith in Zach Wilson. Right. Uh, he showed flashes. Uh, this game in particular makes me feel good because, like I said, uh, the snaps and the target share and the production, even with a healthy Corey Davis. So I think uh, things are looking good for Elijah Moore. Uh, uh, assuming that Zach Wilson comes back and plays competently. Yeah, I, I love the – he's probably my favorite receiver out of that class, not saying that I would rank him that way, and I definitely wouldn't have probably dra- – I, I wouldn't have drafted him number one, and I didn't. Um, but I, I love this tape coming out of college, and I was really tooting the horn to, to, to get him this offseason. So I was a little – I was concerned in the beginning, but uh, – He's really come on. I think there's a realistic chance he ends up like the number two wide receiver out of their class. Right on. And uh, the, my other guys mixing, like I said before, uh, I was one of the people who was on the fence. I wasn't like a, you know, a Nixon, a Mixon truther, but I wasn't a, a Mixon hater. I was right. kind of like, eh, let's wait and see. 
you know, I can kind of see a little bit of both sides. Uh, and he certainly has uh, been producing uh, very well, uh, putting the haters, uh, uh, you know, uh, aside and, uh, um, you know, uh, consistently uh, getting you fantasy points. He's somebody on some non-contending teams that I'm looking uh, to move. Yeah. And, uh, see what kind of price I can get. And he's somebody, if I'm a contender, that I have to kick the tires on um, the way he's playing. Right. Yeah, I think you said it perfect because I'm, I'm not rolling the dice that he goes back to back years as a running back one. So I, I'm probably trying to sell regardless of my situation after this year or if I'm definitely not contending this year. Okay, and let's now go with the chills. Who's giving you the chills? I'm going to go with Naeem Hines just because it's a Jonathan Taylor takeover there. He's uh, he's not getting targeted a lot. He's not getting a ton of playing time. So I am out on Hines. I was lucky when he was first extended. I got an offer for a uh, a 22 first-round pick for Hines. And I oh, really? Him. Okay. <laughs> that was right after he got extended, and he hasn't mm-hmm. done – a ton since, but I mean, it's hard to, as a coach, like to, to pull Jonathan Taylor to put Heinz in, it's got to be a little bit difficult to do. And I think that's what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. All right. So my chills, uh, we already kind of talked about DK. So let me talk about a trio of quarterbacks uh, that are shaky right now. Uh, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield. I think, um, all of them are uh, performing well, maybe with the exception of Baker under uh, what a lot of folks expectations were. I think all of them are losing trade value. Uh, I think uh, all of them have some red flags, but uh, you know, I think maybe with Tannehill, it's more of a product of missing Henry. Uh, but these are three quarterbacks. I am not confident in playing uh, moving forward. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I want no part of Matt Ryan this year. If I'm, Looking to compete next year, I might take a really low buy on him, um, Gamble. Tannehill, I have a little bit more faith in only because I think Julio's going to come back this season, maybe for the playoffs. And if he can sneak in there with Tannehill as a quarterback, I think he could then – I think his numbers are going to be a lot better if Julio's on the field. So, um, And Baker, I think my – I don't think my stance has changed at all this year. I wasn't a huge fan of him last year, and I, he's just really done nothing to impress me. So I'm with you. Okay. Well, that just about uh, does it for us. You can find me on Twitter at FFJunkie underscore Scott. Where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at FF underscore Fire 911. All right. And you can follow the show at Dynasty Fever Pod on Twitter. Uh, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.